Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Listener Q&A is up next. We answer all of your questions submitted in our Boys Alive Facebook group and Building Boys Facebook group. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast, and we are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being our listeners and supporting our sponsors. Once again, it is time for our favorite episodes it is a listener Q&A, and Janet, I looked back. It has been 11 months, probably 12 by the time this is out, since we've done a listener Q&A. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, well, we're filled it, fielding questions all the time in your Facebook group or my Facebook group, but it definitely helps to kind of pull things together here. And uh, we've been so busy and interested in sharing and bringing to you all some of the the great experts we've had. We've shared so many good books and so many ideas and theories and wisdom. And yet, parenting is nothing if it is not being stumped by random situations that you yeah. never expected to be confronted with in your whole entire life. I'm sure you experienced that as a parent. Absolutely. And you find yourself saying things that you think, I never thought I'd say those two things in one sentence together. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, so we're going to get granular today. We are going to answer some listener questions. And I know that these are going to resonate with a lot of you because there are common themes here. Absolutely. One person's question is another person's question. So we're going to dig right in. Uh, our first question today is Sandra asked, she says the teenage years are frustrating, wanting to tell him what to do. Yet, I know he needs to make his own mistakes. Oh, and throw in there a toddler boy hitting and screaming at his brother. Oh, boy. And I'm going to guess Sandra might be perimenopausal because that's kind of what happens with many, many moms when their tweens start to hit puberty. It's like, oh, my gosh, I am in perimenopause or menopause. I don't know why those two things get lined up, but oh, man. So and then throw in a toddler, right? Wow. So you've got a toddler where their whole everything in life is I do it myself. No, I don't have to testing every single boundary. You've got your teenager doing the same exact thing, except now he's probably bigger and stronger than you. And you are likely dealing with your own swirling mind emotions and constantly shifting internal state. 
No wonder we are so stressed out, Janet. Absolutely. And so I would say the first thing to do is give yourself some grace. Oh gosh, yes. Just give yourself some grace. It's okay. This too shall pass. And yeah, it's rough in the moment. We do often think of the teen years as toddler 2.0. So, you know, kind of lumping those two developmental phases together. Absolutely. You know, we got to let our toddler explore and make mistakes. We got to let our teen explore and make mistakes. And yes, the mistakes are bigger and more consequential as a teen oftentimes. But this place of allowing your teen to make his own mistakes can be really hard to step back and let it unfold. Let him be the one that has to navigate schoolwork if he has failed to turn in his homework, for instance. And uh, listeners, you know, if if your son is still in elementary school, you can take some wisdom from these mamas who are in the older phase and start now letting them fail, letting them have the consequences of mistakes that they make and talk it through with them then reassure them you're just practicing it's like you know our kids are practicing being human they're practicing being students they're practicing being big brothers or little brothers and when we can kind of just shift our expectations a little bit and realize oh we're all just learning here nobody absolutely nobody capital letters has this all figured out so some days are going to go smoothly and then the next day is going to go like crap and you're wondering what happened and i i guess i always think that just talk to your boy just say you know it is it is really hard to watch you make mistakes and i am here for you and i trust that you can figure this out on your own and if you need help i'm here but i trust that you're capable of figuring this out Of course, the difficult part comes after that, right? Because it's one thing to summon up your strength and to say those words to your son, even as you're trying to convince yourself that maybe you believe them. And then you wait and almost inevitably, almost inevitably, he is not going to do an amazing job. Almost inevitably, he is going to make a choice or do something and you're like, This is why I can't trust him. I cannot trust him to make good decisions. He doesn't make good decisions. Take a breath, take a whole lot of breaths, go close yourself in the bathroom or your bedroom closet. If you need to, that's the process. We Mm -hmm. all screw up. All of us, Janet, you talked about how, you know, they're practicing being human, practicing being a big brother. You are practicing being a parent of a teen for Mm -hmm. the first time. Having gone through that now four times, it is the single hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Not an easy road. And there's there's no roadmap because all of our kids are different, just different enough. Mm -hmm. The one thing I want to I want to clue on here. um, She says the teenager's years are frustrating. Amen. Hallelujah. Agree with you 100 percent. Wanting to tell him what to do. The beautiful thing is that our teenagers rein us in on that one. Because you tell him what to do, does that work? Nope, it doesn't. He will likely resist. 
He will likely make snarky comments. He will roll his eyes. He'll just ignore you and go and do his own thing. The upside of all of that frustrating behavior is if you can kind of forward project to that because you've experienced it, you know what's happening, you may be able to use that feedback to just try and quiet that. Every time you are tempted to say something, let it go. Mm -hmm. Let it see what happens. And it's so scary because what I hear you saying in this question is you kind of feel like your house is already chaotic right now. There's yeah. there's your teenager wanting to go this way. There's your toddler going this way. The two of them getting into each other. And so it's really easy to feel like I need to clamp down harder. Mm-hmm. I need to set stricter boundaries. If I let go of this, it is going to be just utter um, anarchy around here. Anarchy and chaos is not necessarily true. It's so counterintuitive. But sometimes what happens is you go through that. And yeah, there may be some flailing and they're going to screw up. But when they get that feedback, whether it's he forgot to take whatever he needed to work or to school, he makes this mistake, he experiences the consequence. Uh, He will likely come home, rant, yell, scream, try and tell you it's your fault. Calmly let it go. Try and ignore it. Go shut yourself in your room. Eventually, he'll start taking in this feedback and he'll course correct on his own own and I know that may sound far-fetched right now Mm -hmm. it does happen Mm -hmm. over time you've seen that with families yes absolutely and with your toddler I mean it's kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. is allowing your toddler to be more capable you know really look at how much am I doing for this child how much can he be doing for himself so that he does feel that intrinsic satisfaction that, oh, I can help mom. I mean, he is in the phase of wanting to help you and it may take longer and it may not quite go the way you want it to, but that's the training ground for later on. So establishing those habits early and encouraging the brothers. I mean, you've got a teen in your house, encourage him to rough house with your toddler. Oh, that is fantastic. I was thinking, you know, if you could think of Find a way for the older one to be responsible somewhat for the younger one to to build one that relationship and let them kind of sort out their own stuff, which can be tough. Because if you try and impose babysitting or child responsibility on a teen that doesn't want it, it can go poorly. But roughhousing, Janet, that's genius. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, we have Larry Cohen, Dr. Larry Cohen to thank for that, for his roughhousing wisdom, but, you know, let them and let them go a little bit further than you may feel comfortable with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As teacher Thomas said, you know, they are not going to hurt each other intentionally. They're watching each other. They're learning to read each other's body language and uh, they're having fun and bonding. Yes. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I love that one. All right. Laura says, my sons turned 18 yesterday and in are in their last year of high school. I understand the natural and necessary pulling away from parents, especially moms, and establishing themselves as men. Is it possible to release them versus them tearing away? If so, what does that look like? I have found myself pondering this question since it first came in. Not least, I am sure, because my youngest son uh, turns 18 very soon. And, huh, that'll that'll be weird. 
And he is the youngest of four. So I've had three others go through that. And and it made me reflect on, you know, what does that look like? Meanwhile, I, because of the ages of my kids, I'm friends with a lot of other people who are at this stage of life. And let me tell you, there is angst among the mm-hmm. parents of seniors right now. There mm-hmm. is angst. They're feeling the stress that their kids are feeling about what are the next steps. And these kids are trying to figure out their next steps on top of getting through high school right now on top of, oh yeah, the world, a lot of stress. And um, one phrase that has come up, and I, I don't know if you've heard this one. Have you heard soiling the nest, Janet? Mm-hmm. It, it's this whole idea that some of this uh, increase in conflict and this sort of tearing away is uh, kind of a natural part of the this process. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not somewhat unpleasant at home, how else would they leave? Why else would they leave? Mm-hmm. Now, no, I am not saying that all 18-year-olds need to leave the family home. I'm not saying that. I am not saying that kids are not still attached to their parents and parents to their kids once they hit the magical age of 18 or 25 or 40 for that matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there is this certain amount of conflict that comes up that makes it easier on both sides. And as a parent, I always likened this to um, when I was pregnant, I loved being pregnant. Mm -hmm. For me, I felt better when I was pregnant than when I didn't. I know that's not the case for everybody. And yet there's something about those last two weeks of pregnancy where you are just uncomfortable enough that, oh my gosh, you look forward to labor, (laughs) labor. There's no other way. If I didn't get that uncomfortable, there's no way I could get through that next hard step. So I think keep in mind, some of this is, is natural. And you know, this idea of releasing them versus them tearing away my take, and I'm really interested to hear yours. I'm not entirely sure that it's fully possible in that as children and especially young men are growing and becoming adults, part of that is is feeling this increased sense of autonomy, wanting to make their own decisions, wanting to drive their own lives, them feeling like they are initiating this, feeling like they are the ones stepping away. I think is an important part of the process for them. What do you think, Janet? Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you, Jen, that they do need to be driving the bus. You can't be telling them what they're going to do next. Uh, And and of course, that there's the place where it's a conversation, of course. But letting them make some decision goes back to our first question. Letting them make some mistakes. I remember when my kids were going off to college and part of it, I just wanted them to know, you know, if you decide on this college, if you decide on this course of study, you can always change it. Oh my it is gosh, yes. not written in stone, but yet kids think that it is. So really communicating to them of, you know, they're still, as they leave the nest, they're still trying things out. They're still figuring it out. Nobody, very few kids at that point have things figured out. And I mean, my heart goes out to parents of seniors because it is a year of, oh, it's the last first day of school. Oh, it's the last this, it's the last that. And, you know, embrace that. It's, you know, it's all gooey and sweet and melancholy and all of that. But the thing that the place to focus on is how happy, excited, interested your child is to go to the the next phase, hopefully. 
if all's going well, they're going off to college. I had a friend who brought her son down to start college down in Southern Oregon this fall and uh, so excited. And of course, mama's heart is just wrenching. But when you can land in the place of, oh my gosh, this is so exciting for him, then you can, you know, then you can go have a glass of wine with your girlfriends and yeah. have shed the little tear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss him so much. And you will, but you also won't, you'll get used to it and you'll be enjoying his discovery of the world. And Jen, you and I both know this, your kids are going to come back to you. Give them a few years. I mean, my girls were, you know, on the other side of the country and in Africa for years. And it felt like I was never going to have them close to me again. But they return. They return in either, you know, their heart or physically. And you'll have this amazing adult. Did you all hear that little catch in Janet's voice? Did you all hear that? Like... This is what it means. I know your your daughters are so fully grown. One of your daughters is a mom and she's parenting her own child. She's still your child. Mm-hmm. Your mama heart still feels the same way. And so when we talk about releasing them versus them tearing away, I really think it is possible to find that middle ground in there. Mm-hmm. Because them just ripping themselves away, well, that's not healthy for them or for us. No, we can't fully just release them. But what we can do is we can assist. And how we assist Mm -hmm. is by sharing their enthusiasm, even if Mm -hmm. we're not fully feeling it, we can release them a little bit more gradually by allowing them to take on more and more decision making. I mean, mm-hmm. and frankly, this looks different within every family. My my high school senior, he had a a medical procedure done and he did need to be off of school for a while and I thought that he was ready to go back to school like yesterday and he says, "No, I don't think I'm going to go because like I have this much homework to do and like I think I can get it done more effectively at home than going to school." And the part of me that worries about getting those stupid messages from school about absences, like, oh my God, kid, just go to school, play the game. I don't want to deal with this, right? But the fact of the matter is in another year, not even another year, less than six months, it is totally up to him if he goes, if he doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Let go, let them make some of those decisions. Let yeah. it happen. And acknowledge that you're sad, that there's grief. Maybe they won't be so readily able to to notice that and say that, but say it, but then leave it. Like, don't Mm. be, don't be dwelling on that. If you are super sad, go talk to your friends, get a therapist, all the things. And also along this line, I encourage always parents, but especially parents of young kids, because it's really easy to lose track, lose sight of you have to keep doing what you love as an adult your own personal passions and interests. And this is where it's really going to kick in is when you're, you are quote unquote, an empty nest. That's when you get to go look around and go, oh yeah. Oh, I really do love playing the piano. I'm going to play some more. I'm going to take lessons, whatever it is. So keeping that thread of your own interests, super important, especially at this time of, of change. And you and I can both reassure all the parents of teens and young adults out there. That relationship still is there. It changes. 
I do talk with and communicate with all four of my boys on a regular basis. And it looks different with with each of them because they're Mm -hmm. different people and their needs are different at different times. But not a one of them has just gone off into the world and been like, well, I don't need her anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so rest assured, Laura, it's all, it's all good. It's all okay. And it will, it will ebb and flow. It will ebb and flow. You'll feel, you know, you'll feel the pull and then you'll forget to feel the pull for a few days. So, um, and, and uh, take care of yourself. It's not easy. Mm -mm. It's not. We'll be back with more questions and answers after these messages from our sponsors. Listeners, I know that you sometimes feel like your home is bursting with the boundless energy of your boys. Mine has been for a very long time. We want to tell you about Home Threads, where style meets the wild adventures of raising boys. At HomeThreads.com, you can find a collection of uh, furniture and home accessories designed to meet the needs of your growing boy family. They have everything from durable bunk beds to upscale gaming tables. You can turn your home into an attractive, durable playground, believe it or not. Uh, Janet and I both love their baking dishes. Solid, beautiful, functional. Anything you need for your home, you can likely find on homethreads.com, and we have a discount code for you. Go to homethreads.com slash onboys. You can get a code for 15% off your first order, because every leap, laugh, and loud moment deserves a space that embraces the chaos with style. Home Threads, love where you live. All right, next question. You want to take this one? Yeah, we are going to go back to younger ages a little bit. And Kristen asked a question that I could have asked myself a few years ago, except she has three sons and I had four at this point. She's Kristen has three sons. She's a single mom. And she says, I cannot do homework, home cooked meals, sports practice and read with them every night. So what to prioritize, who to prioritize and what to let go. And take a deep breath, because that's a lot. That's a lot on one person's plate. Yep. So the first thing that comes to mind is having the conversation with your boys. They oh. She doesn't say how old they are. But I just really advocate for considering this a problem to solve. You know, put all their detective skills and all their skills to this problem. Hey, guys, we have this problem to solve. And address it together. And you may, you know, you may agree with their ideas, you may not, but it's it's all just like put it all in the stew pot, stir it around and go from there. And it may be that, you know, you read with them every other night or one boy reads to the other boy or you make up for it on the weekend. You know, there's this pull. Or you this- listen to an audiobook in the car on the way to sports practice. That counts, mm-hmm. people. It counts. Definitely. And I think part of this, like what's underlying in this question that she doesn't specifically say is feeling guilty about not being able to do it all. Well, guess what? Nobody can. And especially with three kids or four kids or two or one, 
So you have to ask for help and let go. And it may be that your son gets a ride to sports practice two days a week with somebody else. And then you trade the next week. You've got to have help. It's impossible to do this on your own. And the beautiful part about that, as hard as it is to ask for help, and it may feel just like you are asking somebody to do something for you. Really what's happening is bigger than that. It is community building. It is community building. So when and if you ask, you know, the other parent at sports practice, hey, can you bring my kid home tonight? Because, you know, I got to go do this with the other one. That opens the door for them to ask you. You're getting to know them a little better. Only good things come of knowing the parents of the other kids that your your kids are spending time with. You're you're creating a village. So look at that from a broader perspective. If it's difficult for you to just ask for help, think of it as building your village and not mm-hmm. just your village, the village for the other parents. Cause I am here to tell you everybody else in those bleachers are on those sidelines are struggling with these same exact questions. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And I have parented four boys and we've gone through all kinds of various sports. I have no idea how those coaches who schedule those practices and games, like when do they think the children and families are supposed to eat? Mm-hmm. No yeah. idea, none. And When you said, Janet, you know, considering this a problem to solve, if you lay out for your kids, hey, these are the things I'm pretty sure I I don't know your kids, but I know I know mine and I know a lot of kids. My kids would not have prioritized home cooked meal every Mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. They are so happy sometimes, like put out some cheese, sausage and crackers, Um, a bowl of breakfast cereal. Now, is this Mm -hmm. something you want to do all the time? No, you don't want to do it all the time. Do what you got to do. There is Mm -hmm. no shame in going through the drive-thru on the way to practice or on the way home from. Mm -hmm. Zero shame. These expectations are impossible. Nobody has ever in the history of the universe handled all of these things solo. Back in the day, middle-class and upper-class families, they had other people to cook the meals and to tutor the children. Yes, all of those things. And the families that didn't have means to do that, they weren't worrying about homework and sports practice. It was all about survival mechanisms. You cannot do all of these things. It's going to depend, and this is where it's very tricky. We all deal with these prioritization questions, and it's different for every family. Look at your family values. For me, out of all of those things, I would prioritize reading with them. Because that Mm -hmm. is a huge value for me. And I value those more than the other ones. Mm -hmm. You might value something else. Also, obviously, in the moment, there are certain nights when one kid needs more attention than the other kid. The one who is, you know, going through something, that's where your attention goes that night. Even if it was your turn to read with this one on that night. Mm -hmm. This is how we work as a family. And that's, again, where having those conversations can be helpful. Because this issue of figuring out how to toggle different responsibilities and meet the needs of all of those in a group, life lessons, Mm -hmm. life lessons. Absolutely. And how can brother one and two support brother three? Because brother three is going through something. So um, another thing that came to mind when you were talking about community and meals is remembering that when my girls were little, we lived in Maine. And it got dark really early and it was really cold all winter. And we had we had a circle of friends, but 
we created a dinner co-op and I think I've told you about this before and we swapped. So, you know, Monday nights were my night to cook and I cooked for 16 people and the families would come. So there were three other families. They'd come and pick up their dinner for me. So we got a little visit, a little, you know, 10, a little socialization in the the dark days. Yep. And then Tuesday night I'd go to that family's house and pick up food for my family Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday was always pizza. Then you had leftovers on the weekend. It was amazing. And you don't have to do it with that many people. You can, if you have a neighbor, Hey, let's switch, you know, I'll make a big pot of soup. You make a big pot of soup. Let's switch. It's so doable. If you just think, Oh, I'm just going to do that with one other family. And that dinner co-op, that dinner co-op, I have to say was so popular that when we moved across country, yeah, there were families just like clamoring for our spot. They wanted our to spot. get in. And that dinner co-op went through elementary, middle school and into high school. I and- feel like I have such a missed opportunity here. And I know you've told me this before, but I guess you should have told it to me 10 years ago. <laughs> this can work perfectly with sports practices. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yes, it takes a little planning ahead, but say the day before or on the weekend, you make your big pot of soup. Like you talk to the other moms who are all struggling with the same thing, and you here's yours, here's yours. Oh it's, my gosh, that's brilliant. It's revolutionary. So and the kids loved it. And every at the end of every school year, we didn't do it in the summer, but at the end of every school year, we all got together and had a big meal together. Yeah. But uh, the kids would see me and they'd be like, oh, are you, you know, we all kind of had our specialties. Yeah. Are you making tacos this week? And so they, you know, it felt good to just be nourishing other people's children and families. And it just took so much pressure off. And you know what? It's 2023 into 2024. Look into meal kits. Absolutely. It is an yeah. option. And I know you might think like this is more expensive and like I don't need all the little individual ingredients sent to my house. You know, I should go grocery shopping. I should this. I should that. Let go of the shoulds. Having mm-hmm. used um, some of these meal prep kits, I am here to tell you that they are great for these kind of nights when you may have like only 20 minutes or so and it's just everything is right there. So yeah. on those nights, it may be a way for you to do a home-cooked meal instead of just doing the the run through the drive-thru or picking up the rotisserie chicken, which is another thing that I do plenty and I stand by. I love those things. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kristen, we hope that is helpful to you. Let go, let go, let go. The, nobody's Nobody is uh, judging you. Nobody's looking in your window going, oh, is there a home-cooked meal on the table tonight? It's the long game. I really it. feel like, uh, Janet, we should like queue up, let it go from Frozen, the song right now, because that is our theme in all of these three questions. It so is, far. isn't it? It yes. is. Yep. Uh, but right. of course, we don't own the copyright to that song, so likely will yeah. not happen here on Envoice. That's true. But you could write it on a post-it note and put it on your refrigerator as a good reminder to just mm-hmm. let things go. We do get caught up in our own spin around what should be done. All the time. We can let it go. Here's another good our one. next question, which begins with should, interestingly should. enough, should I punish the boys by taking away screen time if they get bad grades? Taking away screens is the only punishment 
that works. I know a lot of parents are right now leaning in going, what is the answer to this? I'm dealing with this too. Screens and grades, screens and grades, screens and grades. If you have boys, you have these concerns. There's a lot to dig in here. It depends, maybe a little bit. We don't know the age of these boys. My first question, what what's bad grades? What counts as bad grades? Are mm-hmm. we talking about, about getting a C? Are we talking about failing all the classes? That's first, knowing mm-hmm. different people have different expectations for that. Secondly, I think that you have to ask yourself, how would taking away screens address that problem? And I would like to hear you take that thought and and go with it, because I can see on your face, you've got a lot to say. Well, the thing that comes to mind is taking away anything as a quote unquote punishment is going to affect your connection to your son and his to you. And what we want to foster and nurture more than anything, the thing that's going to stand the test of time after they leave high school, uh, you know, this all weaves back into all the questions that we've been talking about, is the connection and the bond that you've created with your son. So if you're busy, just, you know, oh, you got to see. So part of it is the navigation, like, oh, if you get a C, is that an hour of screen time that you take away or 30 minutes? Or oh, I mean, yeah. the negotiation around that is mind boggling and exhausting. And bet your son is going to nitpick you to the nth degree on it. So for me, it's like, well, it's just too much to manage any of that. And you want to look at how do I foster and maintain a connection with my son And then again, it's looking at it together as a problem to solve. More on this super common issue after these messages from our sponsors. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. In most cases, and I'm not going to say in all, but in very many cases, the root cause of bad grades isn't screens Mm-mm. or video games. Now, in some time spent on screens or time spent gaming, maybe a contributing factor. But if your concern is bad grades, then to effectively address that, you need to figure out why. 
And your answer, your solution is going to look very different. If it is that your child um, has a, a learning challenge, if your child has dyslexia, if your child has dysgraphia and st- struggles with writing, um, if there is a executive function challenge, taking away screens is not necessarily going to solve that. You need to figure out how I can build up the executive function. What kind of structures mm-hmm. can I put into place? Uh, so the first step before you think about taking away screens, I would want to get to the root of what's going on here. And part of that brings to mind is the school he is in a good fit for him? Very could possibly be that it's not, that a change could be made, or you can make some adaptations around, you know, we've talked about this so many times, Jen, of he likely needs some exercise before he's expected to sit still in the classroom. Don't know how old these kids are. How is his relationship with his teacher, his connection to his teacher? Is there something that can be fostered there and nurtured there? Uh, so I think you're right on with look at what is happening with grades. And also, you know, consider your expectations. I have one mom who is adamant that her son is going to go to MIT. Well, that's a lot of pressure when you're in eighth grade. I'm just saying. So what if she releases that expectation? Would he be more willing to step into school? Right now, they're just butting heads about it because she wants that. And he, I mean, he doesn't even know what MIT really is. But he knows his mom wants it. But his mom wants it. And it sounds like a big deal. And so, you know, I think too, it's looking at how, how rounded is their life? How are they in a sport? Or do they have outside interests that aren't just school? I always think of Sam because of his lawn care business and his snowmobiles and, and his puttering in, his, in the garage that you've allowed. And yeah, sure, he hates art class, but that's okay because he's doing all these other things. So looking at that too, what is the full picture life and growth and you know just becoming a full adult? Yes. Is not based on what score he got on his test as a sophomore in high school. I got not. great grades all the way through, all the way through high school. I graduated back in a time when you could have a 3.9 with your A minus in gym class. But no, I'm not bitter about that. You could graduate <laughs> with a 3.9 and be valedictorian. Now you need like a four point plus something to be valedictorian. Mm-hmm. And If anything, those consistent good grades hampered, Mm. hampered me in my quest to be a full person. I prioritized that because I thought I was supposed to, but that also meant that I didn't try anything where I was, where I might fail because then I wouldn't be perfect and then I wouldn't have the good grades. And that was not in my best interest as a whole human being. Mm -hmm. So there are multiple pieces to this. There are like how important should grades be anyway? Yeah. And then there's the, okay, if there's an issue at school, what is the issue in addressing that? So I think what we're saying is our short answer to this question is, should I punish the boys by taking away screen time if they get bad grades? What's your one word answer? No. It's mine as well. No, they're not connected. Don't connect the two. Yeah. For so many parents, it feels like screens and internet access are is the only tool that we have. 
it's not. It's not. Let's think more broadly. Let's give ourselves more credit, more power, and give our boys more credit and more power. Mm -hmm. And and approach it positively rather than negatively. Hey, how can how can I support you in this arena school? And wow, I see you really like screens and what's, you know, how can I support you in getting those needs met? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listeners, these are our thoughts based on, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of learning, a lot of reading, a lot of conversing with experts. However, if you are listening to this and you think these answers are like, well, wait, you missed this or we're off target. Or this isn't going to work with my kid because let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Share your experiences with us. We love to hear your comments. And, you know, we know that uh, you may be facing something that we haven't dealt with yet. And if you have another idea, we'd love to hear that too. We learn from our listeners and other parents all the time. Yeah. You can reach out to either one of us via email. You can hop in our Facebook groups. We are available to you. We love having these conversations. So that's it for another listener Q&A. This has been fun. We love these. You know, we don't talk about these questions or answers ahead of time. We don't plan. This is totally off the top of our heads, off the cuff. So you get us unfiltered. I think that in 2024, we're going to need to make this a regular feature. Yes, we will. There's our first New Year's resolution, Jen. All right, listeners, thank you for sharing with us. Feel free to send us more questions and we will save them up for our next listener Q&A. We hope this was helpful and a little bit fun. It was definitely fun for us. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast, and we are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread, With incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.